Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 32nd episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. But let's pause because today is extra special. Why do you ask? Because it is my 36th birthday. <laughs> my name is Nidia Guiti and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker In this podcast, I share tips on how to build confidence as you transition and maintain your natural hair by way of sharing my own story and lessons that I've learned along the way in my journey. I teach you how to integrate these lessons in a practical way. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. So as I start the day of my birthday, I want to... What do I want to do? Well, I have a few things planned for today. So just just to put it out there. So I have a Cairo Pilates appointment in in a few hours and I'm going to get ready for. I have a facial scheduled. Um, I have a, a goddess massage later. And depending on how I feel, I'm kind of just going to flow for the day. But those are the three things that I know I have like a set time for. But I... My birthdays for me are like New Year's. This is the time where I slow down, where I pause, slow down and pause simultaneously. Um, And just really like reflect on where I am, where I want to be and what I want to do more and less of. So in 2000, in 2021, when I was turning 32 so it's funny that this is the 32nd episode wait was i turning 32 no 34 i was turning 34 duh the math is off (laughs) for my 34th birthday i decided that i wanted to have a mushroom experience i had at that point already been working in the psychedelic space um the company no longer exists but I was working at a clinic that provided ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. And my experience um, when I initially took the job, which has, which was really a month, a month prior to my 34th birthday, uh, I didn't really have any experience in the psychedelic space. But what I witnessed with the clients that I shadowed um, when they were having their journeys is how how fast they were able to process feelings of discomfort address what those parts needed in the past and in the present and as a therapist i've never seen anything like it as far as like how how quickly people how quickly people were able to and i use the word transform lightly I don't even know that that's the word I want to use, but it's the best word that comes to mind right now. I I just never saw that much progress in such a short period of time. I've been a therapist since, or, or been a therapist, but also working in the behavioral health field since 2011. And what I witnessed in a month would literally, it, it's like, it's like what I witnessed in a month, the progress that I witnessed in a month is equivalent to like two to three years worth of work. And 
when I say two to three years, it's not to say that in general, it would take that, but you have to take into account how challenging it is to work with emotions that are uncomfortable. So I'm trained in IFS and IFS stands for internal family systems. I will teach this until I have no words left until the last breath in my body. And the reason why I say this is because when we think about working with emotions, we have to be honest about how we feel when we feel it. And I don't know if your experience is like this, so I'm going to speak for myself. I wasn't conditioned to, to be okay with uncomfortable emotions. So the practice of IFS is to harmonize our feelings. And the way that I explain it in session is like, you know, we have to get to a space where we honor the spectrum of what we feel. We have comfortable emotions and uncomfortable emotions. And I like to use those words because they're non-judgmental. That's literally how we physically experience them in our bodies. So on the comfortable side, I would say happiness, joy, pleasure, of course, (laughs) relief, ease, relaxation. We want to feel these feelings because they're comfortable. And then on the uncomfortable side, we have anxiety, irritability, frustration, rage. Ooh, that's a big one. Rage, anger, grief. That's heavy. Comfortable and uncomfortable emotions. I didn't say good or bad. I didn't say right or wrong. I didn't say healthy or unhealthy. I just said comfortable and uncomfortable because physically, this is how we experience them in our, in our, in our bodies. Now, when we get to a space where we're able to sit in our discomfort and allow ourselves to listen to what this discomfort has to communicate to us, at best, we can now make an informed decision about next steps. And this is where I was June 6th of 2021. I'm going to read to you my journal entry because I read it today for the first time and some feelings came up. Okay, so I'm back. Um, I wrote this June 6, 2021 at, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I journal, I write the time. I just, there's something about like, as a writer, I write the time. And when I think back, it's like, okay, midday, this is the energy that I was on because my writing is different depending on the time. In the morning, I feel more creative. Um, I feel lighter. If it's an evening entry, like six to like about 10-ish, I'm usually airing grievances about something. (laughs) And if it's like a late night journal entry, like, well, like, yeah, like one, two in the morning, I'm, I'm, I feel like those entries are more expansive. So this was midday. So this was June 6, 2021 at 12.48 p.m. Eastern time. And wait, do I even want to write the time? Well, I said it, whatever. So I wrote here, Feliz cumpleaños, Moy. 34 años de vida. 34. Me siento ansiosa hoy. I'm nervous about this journey because I've never done it. I'm thankful, blank, to my sitter. Let me pause here. I had a sitter um, when I did my journey. I was not by myself. I just want to pause and give a shout out to them. You know who you are. I love you deep. 
I needed, I needed your presence that day. And I am very grateful. Look at me. <laughs> I am very grateful for your honesty, but also like how gentle and kind you were that day and continue to be as I work through this. Because even like reflecting back two years after the fact, when you are working with discomfort, this is not something that like one therapy session is going to cure or two therapy sessions or like, you know, I'll do a little bit of self-care and like this feeling will go away and I'm fine. That's bullshit. That's not how this works. That is not how this works. Integration is a daily commitment to honor to honor the parts of yourself that you haven't been present with and not from a place of blame, but just you haven't had the opportunity to practice. You haven't had the opportunity to practice. So it's like, how could you be proficient in something you're not aware of? Well, first, how could you be proficient in something that you're not aware of? And even when you do become aware of it, it's not something you had, you've had practice in doing. So I just want to give a shout out to my sitter because I don't think that I could have done that by myself at that time. So back to my journal entry. So I'm thankful for my sitter, who I just gave a shout out to, is coming to be with me. I feel like a part of me is scared of what I'm holding on to. A part of me is also curious as to why and when I do get an opportunity to be with this part. If it will let me wait. What am I right here? This ink is fading. Okay, so I'll go back. A part of me is curious as to why and when I do get an opportunity to be with this part. If it will let present me give it what it needed in the past. Um, and my intention is to be open to the possibility of romantic, healthy relationships. Use discernment and pay attention to flow. Plus be present with the energy. When something feels off, question it boldly. Respond. Response or not from the other party is still information and for me to act accordingly. I want to experience healthy, abundant, orgasmic, joyous, grand love. I commit to nurturing my feminine energy and being present with her needs and prioritizing my heart more. Well, be careful what you say. <laughs> Oh my gosh, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Well, be mindful what you say. Because I wrote this with the end goal in mind, which is where I feel like I am now. And when I wrote this, I didn't consider the journey to get there. And I think that in the psychedelic space, most people don't like, you know, we set our intentions and we, we know how we want to feel, but we don't. And I'll speak for myself. I didn't consider the journey. And I think that this was a huge mindset shift because it's great to set intentions, but like the journey is what gets you there. So my sitter came, 
I didn't eat anything that day. I had like water, just light stuff, tea. Um, I took my dose and it was it was a lot of things. I didn't have any visuals, but what I felt was a lot of physical sensations. So at first I started to feel like just this heaviness, this weight, and the weight felt familiar. That was that was a part that initially made me cry because it wasn't like I felt something that I wasn't aware of. I felt a familiar heaviness, but the part that I was unfamiliar with was the depth of how I was unfamiliar with with like how much of it it was. It was almost like the visual that I can compare it to. It's almost like you're doing spring cleaning in a mansion and the mansion is you. So just like this huge, huge property, like everything that I could ever dream of is in it. And then I'm like, oh, what's in this door? And I open it and then it's another mansion but it's dark. <laughs> it's dark. I don't know what's in it, but I'm in the space and I'm moving around trying to like clean it. But it's like, how can you clean a space you can't see? So figuratively turning on the light and just seeing it. And it's just like, oh shit, we gonna be here a while. This is not gonna be a two hour project. I'm gonna need some help. I'm going to need, I, I need to schedule breaks while I'm cleaning this. Uh, there's some stuff I need to get rid of. There's some stuff I need to update. There's some stuff that I didn't even know was in here. So I felt the heaviness. Um, and I want to say like after an hour, I went to shower I was just like, ugh, I don't like this. And it the motion that I kept doing was like, you know, get this off of me. Like, this is energy that's not mine, was what I was saying then. And I remember saying, like, this energy is not mine. This isn't mine. And this space just started to open up in my chest about like in, in my in my heart space of what I want, not what I was told. Not what I, not where I should be, because that's a big one. You know, at the time, as a 34-year-old woman who's single, not married, there's a lot of shoulds. Well, when are you going to, and it's just like, bitch, when I know, you'll know. That's one thing I will say that I love about me. <laughs> I'm firm in where I am. And if I don't know, I don't know. So at that point, like, I could speak to that. But there was more that I didn't know that I had to be present with. And it was, you know, some of these energies on me are not mine. And for what I say I want, there's some things I have to unlearn and update so that I can inch my way closer to this thing that I say that I want. Because I think that when we talk about processing feelings of discomfort, if you've never had experience in, in processing that, in a way that feels authentic to your physical body, but also in alignment with how you want to show up, you're always doing the spiral or this loop. 
and going right back to the same thing. And it's not, it's not, you know, to place blame, but it's familiar behavior. It's what you know to do. It's what you know to do. So going back to that day, I remember like doing this motion of like washing or like moving, like sweeping this energy off of me. And I was in the shower and I was like, okay, now I feel fine. Or so I thought, and I laid down for a little bit and I think I took a nap. I don't remember what I dreamed about, but I remember waking up at that point feeling hungry. So I was eating, I was like nibbling on stuff. I didn't really eat. And as I thought about like my heart space, and I'm going back to the notes of that day. My parents came up because they are, they are, they were and are my first teachers but they were also the example of a love that I saw first. And that's my script. It's not good or bad. This is not about right or wrong, this just is. And seeing their relationship, comfortable and uncomfortable, informed how I want to be in relationship when I grow up as a child, at the time as a child. So there's a lot of things that I did not want. And when you operate from a place of lack, that's what you attract. Or or entertain, rather. I don't want to say I attract that. That's what I was entertaining. And like I didn't realize at the time that I was just getting by for the sake of getting by. And... On that day, what it felt like when I came to that realization is almost like as a person who operated very much so in black and white and very rigid, um, which in a lot of ways has helped my success because you either did it or you didn't. It's either done or it's not. Operating in gray has not been a comfortable space for me. And when I think of like opening the heart chakra and being in the heart space, Rigidity does not help. <laughs> it doesn't. And I was really good at um I was really good at the time, you know, putting things in boxes and you know, out of sight, out of mind, because I'm on grind mode. I have to do what I need to do. And it literally felt like all of those boxes melted into each other. And it was like what I thought was organized is not anymore. And I had to start from scratch. It was like, okay, you set this intention, clean slate. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I meant. And it's like, well, we're here now. One of the things I will say about mushroom experiences or that mushroom experience in particular is that like, when you see something, when something is revealed to you, you can't unsee it anymore. And this is this is like the 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 fork in the road. You can either keep doing what you've already done, and that's a choice. And what's going to happen is what has already been happening, and that's the loop. I can go back to the loop whenever I feel like it. Or you can pause, take inventory, and make informed decisions with the information that became available to you. And that's hard because you don't know what's going to happen. You can have good intentions and things, things may, things, things could still not play out how you want it. And 
for me, choosing to respond was better than entertaining the loop. Because I know what's in the loop. And it was bullshit. A lot of it was bullshit. I want to say in that point in time, when the path was cleared for me, there was just things I couldn't go back to anymore. Like energetically, I just couldn't. Like it made me, it was so present in my physical body that I didn't like it, that I couldn't even, if I couldn't fake it. That's what it is. I couldn't fake it. And not that I was faking before, but I feel like when you operate, when, when, when you're just numb, and it's not that I was completely numb, but there were areas that I was numb in, and I would say in my heart when it came to romantic love, I wasn't all the way present. I wasn't. And when I had my, my journey, I couldn't unsee what I, what I felt. I couldn't, I couldn't pretend like I didn't feel what I felt. And that's what honesty does. There are certain things that we are present with and they're in our conscious awareness. And these are the things that we think are all of it. And then we have our subconscious that has so much more to reveal. And I could not unsee it. And I'll circle back to you know what has happened since then. But anywho, going back to the journey. So at this point, uh, I showered. I think I'm like eating at this point and I'm, I'm talking to my sitter and they're transcribing for me and I'm having conversations about like what my upbringing was. What are the stories that I've told myself about romance and love? What what are the stories that I've believed um, were possible for me? And then we transition to like, you know, what do you actually want? And I got to dream. I got to to really sit with where I was and what is possible for me that may not have been possible for my mother with the information that she had at the time. There was just so much compassion because I think that it's easy to judge other people's relationships, specifically your parents. It's easy to judge them, but like you don't know, you don't know what their life is like because before you were born, They had a life. There's things that we know about our parents, but there's a lot that we also don't know. So I was judging, I was judging my teachers, my first teachers about, I was judging my first teachers on what they've, what they've demonstrated to me about love. But without taking into account that, like, this is the best they can give with what they had at the time. And then I'm making decisions in the present about what I'll never do on dated information. Isn't that wild? (laughs) When you say it out loud, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? But that's that's what happens. That's what happened to me. At least. I don't know if it happened to you or maybe to someone you know, but that's what happened to me. I was making decisions in the present about the past and the information from the past is dated. So no wonder it's not helping me in the present. It doesn't apply. 
And on top of that, it's not even mine. It's not even mine. So now I'm with my sitter and we're talking about, well, what do you want? What do you want? And at that point, I got to dream. I got to dream and think about how I want to experience healthy, abundant, orgasmic, joyous, grand love. And I will say, fast forward two years later, it has been the test of a lifetime. And I say this because everything that I've done or have been able to produce, oh, my ice maker just went off. I turned around so quick, like, what's that? (laughs) Everything that I've done in this life, in these 36 years, um, for the most part has been spelled out. Like, you know, go to school, graduate, get a job, live on your own, I was engaged once, Um, you know, have a baby. Like these things, you're told to do that or is modeled that, you know, things happen in sequence and that that's what's supposed to come next. But when I was, when my sitter posed the question, like, you know, what do you want? I felt like the little, I, I felt like I connected with my younger self again and I just got to dream. And I want to say since then, I've been, I've been nurturing that creativity. And this is what, what has been bringing about of my happiness. Like nurturing what I actually want to do. Like no one can be you better than you. The, this timeline of when things should happen, bullshit. Like what do you want? And what actions are you going to take to nurture your intention? This is not so much about the outcome as much as it is the journey. What are you going to do to nurture your intentions? And I sat with that for a long time, for a very long time. And I was quiet. My sitter and I, um, we just talked. And what I appreciated about the questions that were being posed, side note, this person is also IFS trained and informed, was nurturing the parts of me that didn't get to be creative. Because when we talk about rigidity, you know, certain parts are leading the show. And my creativity in a lot of ways was exiled. It's like, you know, well, you're doing too much. No one wants to see that. And not that I was completely um, away from that in my life, because I feel like I've always been a creative, but not everyone got to see it. And I definitely wasn't as open about it as I am, I would say now in my 36th year of life. And I, I got to play. I got to really sit with how do I want to play going forward? How do I want to bring more joy and ease into my life? And this has no blueprint. There's nothing written in stone that says I have to do it in this way. And I I really got to 
got to be the artist of whatever the next step was. And that's scary as fuck. Can you imagine being told what you should be doing all along? And, you know, you follow the script and now you have full control. Or not full control, but like you have more influence over what the next steps are with no pushback. I didn't realize that I was in that position, even though I was. Because, again, when you when when you are operating from a place of lack or feelings of discomfort are leading the show, you are not present with what is. And I didn't realize even that far into my career how how closed off I was in that space. And what I sat with was you know, I've done these things before. Like I'm able to be flexible. I'm able to be creative. I'm able to, to, to find, I'm, I'm, I'm able to strategize ways to nurture what my intentions are. But I've done this like in my career. I've, I haven't, at the time, I didn't take the intentional time to nurture my heart in that way. And I want to say everything changed. Like everything changed after that. Everything Um, from like what I eat to waking up earlier and waking up earlier without rushing to go to work. That was a big one for me. Because when we, when I talk about, when I said that I wanted to experience healthy, abundant, orgasmic, joyous, grand love, I initially set the intention to experience that in romantic relationships. But like the biggest romance of this lifetime is with me, is the relationship that I'm gonna have with myself. So like, I can't, I can't expect to experience that with someone else if I don't even know what I need for me. And I had some ideas about what I thought I needed that were updated. And then there were some things that I was just completely unaware that I needed. But in order for me to experience that with something with someone else, I needed to experience that with myself. And I feel like this is when the sadness came in because it's just like, shit, I never, I wasn't taught to do that. I wasn't taught to consider myself in that way to, in that way or in that capacity. And there was some shame. Like how, how did it, how did, how did I not know? And I remember my sitter saying to me, like, well, how could you know? When you ripping and running and doing all of these things, there is no time to be present. Or there's minimal time to be present. And then the time that you do have is probably to sleep. It's probably to do miscellaneous stuff. I think it's unkind. I'm As I'm even reflecting on this out loud, I think it's unkind to place expectations without having the opportunity to practice what the expectation is. It's like, how could you be proficient in something that you don't have knowledge on or the the ability to practice so that you can get better? I'll circle back. 
circling back almost eight months later today is thursday february 1st of 2024 so definitely the next year and as my 37th birthday approaches in a few months now i was re-listening to the beginning of this episode and the unlearning continues i think that things don't get easier we just get more skilled at doing them and the recovery period of that initial bruise doesn't last as long as it used to the unlearning the update and the learning of new skills is a never-ending journey a never-ending journey when i think about When I was recording this podcast episode, I was just sitting with the weight of what I was talking about and got distracted for eight months. (laughs) So I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and the episodes to come as we nurture the spring season of the Naturally Ever After podcast. I hope that you all are well and I will see you at the next episode. Bye.